It's time to check in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living. We take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. The Concierge for Better Living will help informed, intrigued, and interested listeners like you make better choices for yourselves and your loved ones. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Concierge for Better Living with your host, Doc Rob. Hello and good day. This is Doc Rob, Dr. Rob Streisfeld, your Concierge for Better Living here at CannabisRadio.com and all over the airwaves. Thanks again for tuning in to another great podcast. Six plus years going strong. Love this opportunity to educate, to share information. Also, I get to learn. You know, that's what I want to tell people. It's so much fun to be in an industry that's emerging, evolving. Um, Wellness is always going to be in that space because we're always learning something new, even if we're taking it from traditional or ancient, you know, modalities or cultures. So it's really great when I get a chance to learn something new. And uh, hopefully that's the same for you as listeners. So I'm really excited to have today's conversation. We've talked about ayahuasca a bit in the past. You know, I'm always open with you guys. uh, You know, I'm obviously a cannabis patient. I've experimented with different psychedelics, different compounds, different herbs. But I have yet personally to experience an ayahuasca ceremony, and I've always been, had some questions. Um, and so what better than to have today's guest, Derek Janiszewski, on. Uh, he's the founder of Pachamama Retreats in New Hampshire. Derek, great to have you on. Looking forward to learning and having a great conversation today. Thank you for having me. I'm, uh, I'm really appreciating the, uh, the invite and uh, the time here. Yeah, no, it's great. We, we have this you know, conversation. I just did a talk. Uh, a couple of weeks ago to a bunch of uh, naturopathic doctors, my colleagues about the emerging space of not only cannabis, because it's been emerging, but the re-emerging space of psychedelics in society. Uh, we just had some elections. I think Detroit just decriminalized psychedelics to, uh, in this current election. We have many states, uh, cities opening up this conversation, research at John Hopkins, et cetera. Um, but, you know, there's all different forms and facets. And one of the ones that have, has been interesting and, and pops up a lot of late is ayahuasca. So can you give us, our listeners, a little summary of ayahuasca, and then we'll go into a little bit how you got involved as well in this plant uh, healing modality, and we'll go forward from there. Is that cool? Absolutely. Great. Uh, so ayahuasca is, I like to refer to it as an entheogen, uh, also known as a psychedelic, but for me, entheogen is a more uh, accurate description. It's a connection with uh, a higher power, God, spirit, and it is a direct connection uh, for me and for a lot of us. Uh, so it's a tea. It's brewed with uh, part of a vine and uh, a leaf from a different plant for a few days until you have this brew that they that uh, is condensed down into a small cup that you can drink. Um, and uh, the ceremony is held very sacred, and it lasts between six and eight hours for most. And you go into very deep areas of your subconscious and and your mind without the blocks and barriers of ego and programming and societal pressure. So that you can actually see the truth through the lens of truth rather than see the truth through the lens of, you know, your mind. You take your mind out of it and you learn to feel into all of the circumstances that have happened to you and all of your future in front of you um, from your heart rather than your head. It's almost like a temporary decapitation, if you will. And 
Um, you know, it, it does have some other effects that to me are positive, but other people find a little bit distracting, which is, um, you know, the purging. Right. It does create a purge, but it's a um, it's an energetic purge. It happens to come with fluid. We, we, we go around with different energies and different traumas that we kind of hang like we kind of hang on to and it follows us around like baggage. And uh, this this medicine allows us to be able to be free from that by releasing it. And when we release it, the body has to do something. And so it spits out some fluid and, and, and you know, we would call it vomit. But um, it's not like that at all, you know. Um, and, you know, at the end of it, after releasing it, there's this unbelievable feeling of just content and um, peace so that now you don't have that baggage and then you get to feel what it feels like to not carry it around anymore. I think that's I great. got into it. Yeah, I just want to stop before you jump into your past because I think it's really great that you started with that spiritual connection. I think that, you know, one of the things that I, and theogens is a great term people need to learn more about, and I appreciate you sharing that connect that, that, that term as well. I think that for me, one of the things I spoke about in my lecture recently was the importance of set and setting. And we'll get more into that, you know, in this conversation regarding the retreat and, and the experience and the process. But I think that one of the things about ayahuasca, I think that in part differentiates from some of these other compounds that are being, you know, utilized these days is that you don't see a lot of people doing ayahuasca ceremonies by themselves in their home like they would cannabis or psilocybin or those things. That these are things that you really want to have guided. You want to be in the right mindset literally and physically prepared. I know we'll get into that too. Um, so again, I just want to appreciate that connection of the spirituality and to, for many people, they don't real, realize they're carrying around such traumas or baggage or blocks. And, and what you said was it allows you to pull out all these filters and these obstacles so that you can see the truth. And I think that's really important uh, for people to understand that everyone's a little bit unique. Everyone's experience is going to be a little bit different, but the goal is to pull away ego and all these, you know, kind of impose barriers and filters and allow you to kind of reach inside and see, see your truth, your light. And so with that, you know, there's a lot of benefits and a lot of people go towards ayahuasca for different purposes. And now I'll go back into, so how did you get involved with, uh, your, what's your experience or how did you get drawn to this specific plant you know, remedy or healing? Desperation. I mean, pure and simple. I was desperate for something. Uh, I, w I was, you know, 41 and suffering because I, I was an addict. I, I had a, an extreme cocaine and methamphetamine addiction. It was destroying myself and my family. And I was trying AA and I was trying, you know, community in the rooms and, and, and abstinence and, and try, I was trying everything and it just wasn't getting him anywhere. It was getting worse. And, um, so I, I heard on Joe Rogan's podcast about ayahuasca. Um, and I, I, I was like, okay, I'll try anything. So I was going to fly to Peru, but I found a place closer. And, um, after one retreat, uh, it allowed me to really understand how the different traumas and resentments that I was carrying around from those traumas were affecting my mindset, which was creating the compulsion to escape. And so my, my first, my first retreat, I uh, was able to understand that my resentment was creating demons inside me. It wasn't the demons were creating the resentment. It was the opposite. 
And um, I was able to purge out the resentment, which in the first ceremony or retreat was all about my dad. And I was, I was relieved from my compulsion to use for, for about six or seven weeks at that point. I didn't even, I didn't even want it. Now I came back because I had a ton of trauma and I had to continue to drink and get rid of that trauma. Um, but I had trauma on all levels, uh, you know, physical, emotional, uh, mental, psychological, sexual, uh, I, I mean like massive abuse on all those levels. And so I had a lot of work to do, like a lot. Um, so I continued to drink and, um, the more I drank, the better I felt until I got to a place where I, 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 I kind of could pick up the ball myself. And that's the point with this medicine, by the way, is, you know, we don't want to have to use it for maintenance. The idea is to use it to get to a place to where we can pick up the ball and run with it, where we don't need to connect with the ayahuasca anymore. We don't, what I hope for everybody that comes to our sanctuary is we get you to a point where you never have to come back again. That's what we want. That should be the role of healing in general is not to lock you into a, a continuous cycle and, and, and rinse and repeat type of model uh, or where you have to come back in order to maintain it. That you, We want to emerge and evolve to where we are, again, our own self and in control and finding that balance. And then again, the premise of this show in general is that, you know, better living can be attained. It may take work. There's different, um, you know, routes for that to, to occur. But I, at the same time, I mean, we, we have these tools and many of these tools come from ancient healing, shamans, et cetera, even if we're using them in, in new ways today. And so I, I'm really happy that you shared that, uh, that, that overall goal is not to have you keep coming back as a, as a repeat customer, but to move forward and be free of any kind of attachment to those substances in order to, to shift or to, to improve or to make change or to be your best self. It's, it should be something you can evolve to on your own. I love that. That's great. A hundred percent. This is a saying that goes around and it is the medicine doesn't do anything. You are the medicine and the medicine. And, and so the medicine teaches you that so that you can be free of it. That's perfect. Well, I think that should be a goal for a lot of people. A lot of people want to get free of their medications, you know, in general, whether it be pharmaceutical or otherwise, or their traumas, their addictions, whatever they're, uh, you know, kind of attached to in order to feel whole or be their, their best self. So I think that this is a great starting point of this conversation. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back more with Derek, talk more about ayahuasca and the experience, the retreat. Don't go anywhere. This is Doc Rob, your concierge for better living here at CannabisRadio.com. We'll be right back. The Concierge for Better Living will continue in a moment. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living only on CannabisRadio.com. And we are back talking with Derek from Pachamama Retreat in New Hampshire about ayahuasca. And and, I, and Derek, this has been great. I, I'm a traditionalist. I you know, yes, I too thought about going to Peru, 
going to a ceremony, having that experience in that setting uh, with those shamans that were, you know, from that culture, from those cultures, et cetera. And then you hear of all these other ceremonies happening throughout California, obviously at your retreats and beyond, right, all over the world, and it's coming out more and more. What do you say to someone as a guest or potential guest coming to your retreat saying, what is the difference or is there a difference from that type of experience, whether it come to your retreat in New Hampshire versus making that journey to Peru or to those areas up there? Is there or how, how do you kind of differentiate that, you know, to potential you know guests or people looking for that ceremony experience? Yeah. So there's no substitute for going to the jungle. There's there's no substitute for that. You're going to experience and, and, and have and see things that you're not going to see anywhere else. That being said, there's no, um, there's, there's no substitute for having a close and tight-knit community in your backyard. Um, so you can't have both, right, you, unless you move to Peru. <laughs> um, so when you go to the jungle, you're going to have a certain experience with the sounds of nature and the rain and the direct connection with with, uh, you know, shamans who live there all their life and, and all of that. <clears throat> what we try to do here is we try to recreate as much of that as possible, but add in a bunch of layers of things that we need here in the Western world that you're that, that is not available from South America. And that is integration, which is a very key part of all of this. Community and, um, you know, direct access to a lot of the people that are working in this, in, in, in our sanctuary like Jumpiro and Tara and myself, Doug, Amelia, et cetera, uh, you can just call us almost any time um, if you're having a struggle. If you, uh, you know, if you go down to Peru and you take the medicine and you're in that three-week window and everything is great, and then, and then you hit a wall, which happens with almost everybody, um, who are you going to call? Who can you connect with? That's, that's the benefit of being here. So we don't try to be like the, those in the jungle. We do try and bring in as many elements as possible, like traditional healers and taikas and shamans. Um, you know, we try to bring in the sounds and we try to bring in the fire and the elements and all the things that are that, that are that are important and uh, viable for us to do. Um, but we're not going to pretend like we're, you know, we're in we're in Peru because we're not. I think that's really great. I mean, I think that support is really a, a key factor because even now we're seeing psilocybin ketamine all these different uh, you know compounds to shift consciousness to open up mind to to you know put people in a different perspective you know but a lot of them we're seeing uh as health practitioner guided or guided therapies and that support structure that you're talking about whether it be during the ceremony itself and more importantly, I would say almost uh, the follow-up, the support ongoing of that community is truly valuable. So I, I, again, that's that's the question I'm looking for. Um, what if people are, again, you, you've already addressed one of the first FAQs that people always say is, what about this purge? You know, I don't want to throw up. You know, what's that all about? Um, so I, I appreciate you addressing that as far as, you know, mostly the fluids and you're releasing some of that energy, some of those, uh, you know, traumas through that process. Um, one of the things I've been hearing a lot about, too, is that, you know, when this was less popular, and again, you know, from a business model, you want people to come to retreats, but how does the impact of, let's say, going to Peru, anywhere, I'm not going to say Peru anymore, but anywhere and having a ceremony of a couple people you know, uh, five people, whatever the number is with a shaman or a leader, you know, for a ceremony versus some of these that I'm hearing now 
Africa 50 people, 100 people in a ceremony at the same time. Do you have any thoughts about group size when it comes to ceremony? Because I'm just always curious about how that may impact not only an individual, but the whole you know, uh, you know, effect of the ceremony itself. I, I absolutely do. Um, and I've been into, I've been in ceremonies where it's just been me and the shop and I've been in ceremonies where it's been tons of people and just like Peru and America having ceremonies in these two different places, there is benefits and drawbacks for small groups and large groups as well. So it's about, you know, uh, finding a balance and finding what calls to you. Um, having a small, intimate group is great. You can connect very deeply with three or four other people and the shaman, and you've got a lot of personalized attention. When you have a giant group, let's say 100, they're doing them down there in Florida every weekend with 100 people, 110 people. Um, there's there's a lot more people to connect. But to me, when you get that many people, the the, the, the chances of deeply connecting with any one of those other 99 people is less likely. So what I like to do is kind of find a balance. And um, my favorite is between like 25 and 40. And um, I know that sounds like a lot, uh, but if the, if the place has plenty of uh, help, helpers and angels that are there, um, there's going to be plenty of personalized attention. And then in a group of, let's just call it 30, right? A group of 30 people, it is a lot more likely for a vet with PTSD who served in Afghanistan to be in a ceremony with somebody who was a vet, who is a vet with PTSD who served in Afghanistan or a mom who uh, is divorced and is addicted to Adderall or whatever, like for other people in the group to share the same story as you is a lot more likely when there's 30 people than there's when there's three. And that is really a big part of the support. Like um, it's a community. So I, me and the team, we are willing to provide as much support as possible, but when you can connect deeply with another human being and you can share each other's stories and buddy up, this is a, this is a big, big help towards your integration. And so for that reason, I love that 25 to 40 range. Nice. What about, um, you know, a lot of this is, you know, diving deep in self and removing ego and so forth. So how does that work when it comes to an individual versus let's say couples attending, you know, is that a, has you seen both pro and con to that experience? I mean, obviously the relationship itself would determine perhaps that connection or disconnect or overall result, but what, any thoughts on, on, on the, the idea of, you know, coming in with someone that you're already connected with, is, does that impact the, the effect of it, your experience or the effect of your experience with the rest of the group or other people around? Yeah, no, it's, it's really positive for the connection between the two people, but in ceremony, it's, it, it can cause issues. Uh, where the where the two people will be distracted with the other person. So what most places do, and we do this, is we get them as far away as possible uh, from each other in the ceremony, so that they can focus on their own journey instead of having to worry about their friend or their partner going through a difficult experience and you know emoting yeah. with a lot of tears or or moans or anything like that. Because it is an individual journey. You do need to dive into yourself. If you're distracted with other stuff. You're avoiding your own inner work. No, I love that. That's, again, a really good point. I, I remember I went to Burning Man the first time. I said, I purposely am going by myself because I don't want to worry or feel or, or concern or anything about anyone else. It was selfish, but that's what I needed at that time. I, you know, and then the next time I went, 
was with my partner and we had a totally different experience, but it was also an amazing experience. Both times were great, but they were different. So that's why I think probably could be said the same thing with the ayahuasca ceremonies is I'm sure both times will be meaningful, but they may be slightly different based on the energy, based on the relationship, based on those connections that you're talking about. So awesome. Um, our, 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 one of our shamans, Freddie, describes that as selflessness, being selfish so that you can have a full cup to be help, be able to help other people and doing stuff for yourself is important. Yeah, I, I find that balance of selfishness, selflessness, selfish, self-love, all these things we start to feel almost, you know, especially as healers, like I said, as a doctor myself, we start feeling guilty for trying to put ourselves in that priority position at, you know, at times. But it's necessary for us to have the strength and to be able to support others. You know, and I think that's people, especially when I talked about a uh, physician heal thyself, has always been something that I, 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 I promote to not only healers, but also caretakers, caregivers for the ill, that they also need to make sure that they stay strong, not just put all their energy out to heal the sick person, because next thing you know, you have two sick people and that doesn't do anyone any good awesome Absolutely. well we're gonna, we're gonna take one more break we're gonna come back with derek i'm gonna have a couple a couple questions i'm gonna make sure you everyone knows how to find out more about pachamama sanctuary uh and the church and all those things so don't be aware this has been such a great conversation this is doc rob your concierge for better living at cannabis radio we'll be right back after this brief break hang in there we're almost we're almost home with this episode the concierge for better living will continue in a moment Plant profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, all right. We are back uh, with Derek from Pachamama Sanctuary, um, having a great conversation about ayahuasca. And again, there's so much more to learn about this and the history of it. I've had really some great guests on the show in the past, someone that did a documentary on ayahuasca, um, as well as uh, Chris Killam, the, the medicine hunter who I think is amazing and his book, um, The Lotus in the Bud, talking about different you know, ceremonies and cultural aspects. Me being an anthropologist uh, as my degree, loving the traditional cultures and, and how this has evolved. But so we now, we talked in the beginning about how your center in New Hampshire helps to bring some of those Western culture influences or interactions into the experience without re- disregarding them like you might in Peru or something like that. So when I look at, you know, your website, which I, I encourage all listeners to check out as well, pachamamaretreat.org. I'll have this, you know, linked up there, of course, when we post the show. But I think one of the things that people should look at is the uh, pre-preparation, you know, the preparation, the physical and dietary preparation going into this experience. Again, we're going back to the beginning of set and setting, having your, your not only mind, but physical body 
ready for this experience, this ceremony, as well as the journey while you're at the retreat, and of course, the follow-up support. Um, and I know people who are very close with the ceremonies all the time and how they abstain from certain foods, certain activities. You know, obviously, you guys have this in your website and your guidelines. How important is that? And, you know, let's just pick up one in particular because we're on cannabis radio. You say you're supposed to abstain from cannabis as well as certain other foods and other drugs. What if someone uses cannabis medically? Um, how do you advise or work around that, trying to tell them to abstain from that for a week or two before having a ceremony and or afterwards. How does that work into the, into the, to the experience? It's really simple. There's a spirit in cannabis and there's a spirit in ayahuasca. They're both female spirits. They're both jealous spirits. So when you have the cannabis spirit inside you, she blocks the effects of the ayahuasca. It's, it's, and I see it all the time. People come and they use cannabis all the way up until, and then they really don't have an experience when they come here. And it happens over and over again. And um, there might be some kind of medical reason why it, why it, why it does, but I subscribe to the spiritual aspect of it. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And I would get... hate for somebody, I would hate, I would hate for somebody to, you know, just continue to use cannabis and then come here and really need this and be disappointed. And I understand you need to use it for medical reasons. And I'm not going to advise somebody to stop using it for medical reasons. If that's, if that's something that you need, then like, I, I don't, right. you know, you can try, but I, I don't want to advise you against it. No, that makes sense though. But you're explaining to why for some, if they choose to remain on cannabis, going into these ceremonies, why you may not get the results that you're looking for or, or, or expecting or, or capable of getting. And I think that's just, again, being very direct to the user, to the guest. And that's what I wanted to have you on the show today and talk about that because, you know, it's not just rules for the sake of rules. There is meaning and experience and that, you know, tons of cultural, you know, re you know, revelations over time that bring us to this point. And you're honoring that at your retreat with the, both the guides, the healers, the support, as well as the understanding that your experience may be different in New Hampshire than it is in Peru. Yet let's make the best through our insight, our knowledge, our understanding of this plan and, and these formulas. And I think it's great. I think it's, again, people need to have more mind opening opportunities, whether it be ayahuasca or anything else. Um, you know, I think people are starting to really wake up to that other side, that subconsciousness. And, and like you said throughout the conversation, the spirituality. I think that's really key here. We need to be nicer to people, help each other more, and find ways to bridge uh, gaps versus create wider ones. So as we're winding down this episode, Derek, and again, thank you for coming on today. Uh, is there anything else you'd want to share before we wrap up? And I'd love to, you know, obviously we're gonna have to make some time maybe this summer in next 22 to come up and visit, have a ceremony, and then we'll have you back on so we can talk about my experience or things like that and get more personal on this, on this journey. Cause we're just at the tipping point of this, of, of these, of these experiences, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I, I guess the last thing that I, the, you know, one thing that I think is really important uh, is that this is this is a very big decision to sit with this medicine. It it should not be taken lightly. And so, really sit with yourself. Really think about it. Um, do some research. And if you want to reach out to me directly, um, you know, we can we can put my my number in the description somewhere. My direct personal number. You can just call me, and we can talk about your individual um, your individual situation. Because uh, this is a one-on-one a, a -on -one, uh, connection with spirit and with this medicine. And it's, it's personal. 
And, you know, I, I'll share a lot of personal stuff with you so that you can feel comfortable opening up with me. But, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'd really like to just help. And so if you need some help, you can call me like directly. I love it. And that's so cool of you. I mean, that's what people need right now is someone that can actually reach out and ask these questions. I know you have a lot of great information on the website. So everyone make sure you check that out. Uh, PachamamaSanctuary.org uh, I'm sorry, PachamamaRetreats.org and uh, we'll have that link posted and Derek, thank you again for coming on sharing some insight, having this uh, church and retreat available for those that need it and maybe even people that don't know they need it yet will find you and, and have these you know opening spiritual connecting experiences and uh, as I said and always we, we work together we work together, we learn, we educate each other so we have a better today than yesterday and we hopefully all will have a better tomorrow than today and so thank you again Derek, thank you everyone at uh, Canvas Radio for making this happen uh, all you listeners uh, for sharing liking, doing all that downloading stuff that you do as always, this is Doc Rob wishing everyone all the best in health and happiness. Uh, take care and be well. Talk to you soon. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.